This is exactly right. I'm Kate Winkler Dawson, a journalist, author, and podcast host. And I'm Paul Holes, a retired investigator with experience solving some of America's most notorious cold cases. Together, we host Buried Bones, a historical true crime podcast on the Exactly Right Network. Each week, we examine a different case from history and use our years of experience and 21st century forensics to bring new insights into these very old tragedies. Like the time the Sausage King of Chicago's wife went missing in 1897. Don't miss new episodes every Wednesday. Follow Buried Bones wherever you get your podcasts. Guys, gals, non-binary pals, welcome to a bonus episode of Barnerners. We love bonus These are our like sneaky little fi- uh, fifth episode every month besides our regular ones. But also, I think this was going to be our sixth. I think we're doing two in August, so don't get used to it. This is a fluke. You can count on one killer. <laughs> Bananas bonus sewed every month for the rest of your life. For the r- <laughs> until they pull the plug and we're replaced by AI. Until it's the banana j- boys will give you advice. Until it's yeah, it's just a AI Scotty and Kurt. I really we t- we were talking Scotty and I were talking about that yesterday, mm-hmm. and it definitely was like oh no, I always thought that I had chosen a at, if I had chosen a profession that was difficult. It, the 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 reward would be that I could not be replaced by a machine, yes. and yes. the fact that we're very quickly approaching yes being a pro- re- replaced by a machine is terrifying. I'm going to replace machines. I'm going to find my own way to get back <laughs> at them. Something they really get great at. Maybe I'll beat drills. Maybe I'll get really good at screwing in screws or co- cooling know. yourself off. Mm-hmm. I <laughs> I don't need a Global damn warming. fan. More like personal cooling. That's what I'm all about. <laughs> Yesterday, we did have such a fun day together. Oh, my God. It was so awesome. Yeah, because we, we were invited by Ryan and Haley, who are two extremely nice bananimals, to go to a uh, photo shoot for, for them and for us. It was extremely bananas-related. I felt good about it. They have a studio called Saltworth Studios in Atwater Village. If you need to do a photo shoot or you need to shoot anything... yeah. Uh, Google Salt Worth Studios. They are awesome, and the space is incredible. But Pee Wee Herman died last week, mm-hmm. and I felt like our photo shoot was such an homage to Pee Wee Herman, to Pee Wee's Playhouse, that it was like so colorful and so vibrant. Yeah, it felt like a nice, unexpected banana for us. It really, really was, and the the studio is great. If you anybody needs a, a studio in Atwater Village, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it has two separate kitchens for tabletop photography and then it's also you can just do regular photography or shoot video we do video there if you want to do whatever the hell you want if you have a product or a business and you need to shoot something go to saltworth studios not has nothing to do with fort worth texas nothing at all so stop asking them that they're nice people they gave kurt pork roll they gave me pork roll that was really really ryan gave and it would that was truly incredible because um, I've been trying to get that for you for years, and it's always hard. Taylor Ham. 
to the well that's what pork roll is but isn't pork roll like the one you got like that says pork roll on it isn't that like the real deal well it's 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 a battle that happens mm. they're both the exact same thing they're both made by the same company the company's called taylor um, and so I northern see. New Jersey calls it Taylor ham, which is a lot mm. like calling a photocopy a Xerox. I see. And central and southern Jersey call it pork roll because that's what it is. And it's yes. a constant battle. I'll never get over Q-tip. You're, you're, I'm always saying Q-tip forever. I'm never going to say cotton swab. <laughs> I've never, I don't think I'm going to say cotton swab either. Who says swab? Swab, unless you're swabbing the deck and pretending to be like Mickey Mouse in the Navy or something. Nobody says swab. Swab's one of those horrible words. It's a it is. Tip. It is. It's there's there's only two swabs, right? There's an ears there's for ears and four mm-hmm. decks. You, you swab sw- that deck. Yeah. Is a swab so, even a thing for a deck? No, I think you use a mop to swab a deck. Yeah, you mop a deck, but I think they call it swab. For, I don't know why. See, this is why we wouldn't be good in the military. Yeah, don't don't hire us, military. Mm. We've we've submitted our application. Reject it. <laughs> Do, yeah, we have we have aged out of. They wouldn't draft us. <laughs> they like, would not. The aliens would have to attack us for so long before they called on you and me to start swabbing decks. But maybe the aliens will want us to swab their UFO decks or UAPs, whatever they Do you, you want to hear a humiliating story about how old I am, Scotty? Sure, I'd love to. To Yesterday. It was yesterday. Or no, two mm-hmm. days ago, Monday. Mm-hmm. Shopping at Costco. Fun. Looked over. What's that? What's mm-hmm. that shirt? Uh-oh. What? Nine dollars mm-hmm. for this very nice flannel t- shirt? Affordable. Oh, uh, oh what? Well, should I try it on? No, I shouldn't try oh, on the boy. shirt at Costco. Oh boy. But nine dollars and ninety-nine cents for what looks like a pretty high quality flannel shirt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I, I, I don't I'm not an idiot. I'll put it on for a second. You're already there. And You're then feet away from this. As thing. I'm putting it on, I'm look over and then there's <laughs> like this jacket. I'm like, that jacket would be good for camping. That's a good camping jacket. Well, how much is that's fourteen ninety nine? Oh I've seen boy. that jacket at REI for a hundred and eighty dollars. Oh my gosh! So the rainy season this year, so November, December, yeah, you're going to be decked out. Oh my god! I got a flannel shirt, I got a puffy jacket, and 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 I got like a fleece hoodie, all for under thirty dollars for those three pieces of clothing. I think that's cool. That's normcore, man. I bet Gen Z is really into this sort of thing. Gen Z actually loves Kirkland shit. They that is Good. a thing. But I think it I started like ironic, but now people like Kirkland. But I was like, oh, I I'm kind of shocked. I'm like, I'm buying now. I'm now I'm I've become I've become dad. Dad becomes me. Well, you I know, don't like, know, man. I think it's great business savvy. When I hear that, I just hear mid-strike business savvy. That's what I hear. <laughs> yes, mid exactly. I'll be like, yeah, I'm wearing all Costco, but because of the strike. All right. Mm-hmm. It's not because Blame I'm an old strike. dad. No, sir. That's great. I think you're smart. I think it's great. And shout out to all our Gen Z bananas. Glad to have you with us. All right, here we go. So now what we do on these bonus episodes is we give advice. You guys go to our Instagram, The Bananas Podcast, yes. and you uh, send us a voice message uh, on Instagram and asking for advice. And here now we will play. And I haven't I've, heard any of these. I haven't this heard week. this. I haven't okay. heard these. I'm doing them blind. 
We're flying blind over here. Here we go. Swabbing our eyes. Here's a question from Christy Weiss. Hey, Banana Boys. Looking for advice. So I just went to dinner with my 17-year-old daughter, who isn't always that nice to me. And we just got home, and she put the cinnamon bread in front of my face that she just got from my mom. And she said, don't eat my cinnamon bread. This is my cinnamon bread. And now she's in the shower, and I kind of want to eat that cinnamon bread. Just to spite her. Because who does she think she is? Looking for advice. What should I do? Should I eat the cinnamon bread? Or is that too mean? Bye. Okay. I've got an idea, but Scotty, you got anything first? Well, as someone who will never have children, it's these sort of um, questions that just really solidify it. Just turn steel into hardened steel in my heart. (laughs) So if... If I was you, I would order cinnamon bread to get delivered from that restaurant and eat the current cinnamon bread and just let her go for it. Just let her sound off. And then when it arrives, open the door with your Akurti B word, beatific smile, and say, I just wanted you to have fresh cinnamon bread as your mother who loves you. (laughs) That'll teach her to chill out for 20 minutes because we could all learn to take 20 minutes to say, am I really angry about this? Do I really care or should I let it go? So my advice would be to eat that bread while you have fresher bread on the way so that you get to win twice. You get the enjoyment of cinnamon bread, which sounds delicious. And then you get the joy of one-upsmanship by dunking on your daughter and looking like a great mother. That's my advice. <laughs> I have two pieces of advice. My yes, first, as a parent. Yeah. My first thought was just to nail it to the wall. Uh, and then just... And <laughs> <laughs> that was my immediate first thought. Nail, nail it, it to, to the, the wall. wall. So then you say, I, n- I didn't eat it. I did that. You didn't say don't nail it to the wall. Great advice. Misdirect. And then the other, the other thought I had was to take it, take the cinnamon bread, take one roll, roll it up, dip it in butter, and then shove it right up your ass. And then, (laughs) so then, and then try and reverse consume it. Uh, And then again, say, I never ate it. I did consume it. I did not eat it. The body oven is a real thing. My friend, our friend, Carl, once uh, tried to create a QVC-style show, Mm -hmm. um, and we came up with a pitch, and we were going to take this pitch out where it was comedians like Kurt Brownoller pitching fake products passionately that you could actually buy, and one of them was called the body oven, which is you put uncooked food in like a condom-type apparati and swallow it and let the heat of your internal organs cook it so when you pass it it's fully cooked so what you're talking about is basically a microwave body oven a body microwave where you just get right to the point of heating it up on the exit and then and then the final real piece of advice is although it's difficult just remember that before your brain is fully formed it kind of comes off as looking like an asshole. But it's honestly just that your brain, their brain is not fully formed. And so just pat her on her little skull and Mm -hmm. say, 
your adorable uncooked brain, I know you don't mean to be offensive. That's a nice way to do it. So, yeah. You can either do the banana boy number two method of know something they don't know and make them feel terrible, which is great, or the Curdy B big banana method, which is um, just <laughs> bat them on the head and make them feel very stupid, make her feel very dumb. So one of my, my, my best friend in middle school growing up, rest in peace, my buddy Kyle, um, he would go through these phases. He, he turned out to kind of have some really bad addictions later in life, but they, they manifested themselves when we were young, when we were you know, 11, 12, 13. I would go over his house sometimes, and he would just eat one snack that he would build on his own. Always really simple, like one or two ingredient snacks. But the two that stick out is one, he would get his mom to buy like the biggest container of strawberries and then he would just dunk a strawberry in water, dunk it in sugar on a plate and just eat sugar strawberries. Uh -huh. Just just sit there and so I would do it with him and we would talk. But the one that he did that I used to love is he would disappear. He would ride his bike to like the local grocery store or wherever, probably San Tony's Market in Glendon, Maryland. And he would buy a loaf of Wonder Bread, and he would come back and toast every single slice, slice it diagonally, butter it and cinnamon it, and then stack them vertically like a Jenga board. Oh, wow. And we would sit there with a tower of cinnamon toast and just eat it and talk for, you know, like like kids, just like goofing off. But it's like to this day, I've never seen anybody else do it. But he would toast an entire loaf of bread, slice everyone exactly the same, butter it powder it with cinnamon and then stack it vertically and then we would eat it from the top all the way down oh my god that's uh, first off you just gave me a great idea for like fun for the kids getting my kids to eat um it but also so like delicious. this is sounds like this child should i hope he became a chef he he did it he he <laughs> loved drugs these his his ability to do that he was a great guy he's an incredible athlete one of the funniest people truly my very best friend for three or four years yeah. and then they got him but oh, before man. that he was a food artist an artiste <laughs> and but that whenever i hear cinnamon toast crunch or just cinnamon yeah. toast or cinnamon bread or cinnabon it just makes me think to the i don't know maybe 15 times over two summers where i would just go over his house ride my bike up walk in you know never even rung the doorbell just yeah. like my brother just walked in and there would be a, a jenga tower of cinnamon toast so maybe i'll call that a tire tower of kyle's and if you want to make one this week send us a pick send, send us, us a, a pick a whole loaf of white bread toasted buttered cinnamon stacked like jenga and then you eat it from the top down <laughs> it was delicioso all right here is a question from lauren allard Hey, Banana Boys. Uh, this is Lauren in New Hampshire, and Yay. I am looking for some advice. I have a trip coming up where I am driving like 11 hours up to Prince Edward Island with a friend, Ooh. and I'm curious uh, what your advice is for killing time on lar long car rides uh, and keeping each other awake. And then also, the place that we rented has bunk beds, one with a full on the bottom and one with a twin on the top. What's your favorite way to decide silly things on like who gets stuck on top bunk? Do you have any mm. like friendly tiebreaker kind of things as something better than rock, paper, scissors? 
Love the pod. Love you guys. Bye. All right. Mm. Great two questions. Great, Great two, two questions. questions. Uh, let's start with the second one. Okay. Here's my advice. Kurt might have very different advice, but this also might be why we're such good friends. My advice is take the top bunk. That's the twin instantly. Don't need, just say, I'll take the top bunk. Do you take the worst situation? Because one, it's still a bed. It's a mattress. It's a pillow. It's blankets. You're going to be fine. Also, it's a, it's a goodwill gesture. It's your olive branch to your friends so that you're not going to have conflict. If you make little decisions at the top of a trip like that, like I'll cook tonight, or you just instantly take the trash out, those are the kind of things that people might not even notice, but it just makes everybody's vacation so much better. And my advice would be <laughs> the moment you pull in, when the car, it's agreed that as soon as the car is turned off, that's go. And then it's just a foot race. Yeah. And I'm assuming, I'm assuming that this yeah. is a house where there's going to yes. be other people that you're hanging out with and not just a place on Prince Edward Island that only has one bunk bed in it, like that you're staying just at a, a lighthouse, just the two of you. I'm assuming there's other people. And it is a foot race. Yes. Into the house to touch which whoever touches it first gets it. Yes. Um and I, and honestly it's just a commitment to who is willing to be more rude to all of your friends and skip saying hello to them, people you probably haven't seen in a long time. True. Um and then you know that whoever got the bottom bunk is a bad person. Yeah, it's slow. Or at least it's a horrible runner or doesn't know how to navigate. But they're also not they're not they're not willing to like say hello to people like that and and greet them oh, before gotcha. running straight to the room. Yeah, like a lunatic good. and a child. So yeah, this is this is a, a a weird sprinting hands on a hard body type of thing where it's first person to touch the better bed gets the bed. Right, exactly. It's like shotgun when you it's like calling shotgun. My friend Lee, who's a big banana and listens to the pod, he had a Volvo, a maroon Volvo station wagon when we were at UMass. And if you wanted to ride shotgun, you couldn't say shotgun. You had to say the car's name, which was Rutherford, or you had to run in first person to touch the car, got to sit shotgun. So very much in line with what you're saying, Kurt. Yeah. And it made it fun because you would walk out of you know, the cafeteria, you'd walk out of a movie theater, and then if you wanted that front seat, you started running. You know what also here, that actually gives me a great idea. I want to alter my plan for the okay. for the bunk bed plan. Uh, is that you, can, the two of you enter, there's other people there, they're your friends. The first person to convince one of their friends to walk into that room and touch the bottom bunk without telling them why. I like that. That person gets the bottom bunk. That's the advice. That's, That's the, advice. the advice. If it's not just the two of you, yeah. it's whichever one of you can, without saying why, tell another person staying there to touch the mattress with their bare hand yeah. gets it. Yep. That's great because that means you earn it. It's going to show your communication skills. Also, you have an 11-hour drive to figure out your strategy. This mm -hmm. is like... This is like two lawyers, just a, an old Texan and a, a slick New Yorker just going at it, trying to figure out which way to convince the jury of their peers yeah. to touch a mattress. 
There's a few other things too. Like one is every hour that you get closer. When so when you watch that GPS or your phone and it goes down by an hour, every time make a I'm reeling it in like you're reeling in a fishing line together and just say reeling it in. So every hour you're getting a little closer. Then never, you know how they have those signs that are like Vista ahead. Stop at everyone, get out as fast as you can and say, look at that. And then get right back in the car and peel out. Like throw it in reverse and then throw it into drive and peel out. That's, it always is great. Then every time you pass through a new state, if you have to pass a new state, reach and whoever gets their hand further up the dashboard, yell first. So they're the first person to enter the state or the country. These are all little games that yeah. make every trip so much better. I would also recommend uh, something that I that um, that Jonah Ray started with Lauren and mm. I while driving out to the Palm Springs one year was every time you turn onto a new road and you're accelerating to get onto the mm-hmm. highway. Just go, here we go. Yes. And then afterwards Perfect. it's just there's just nothing happening after. Like it really seems like there's gonna be a big climax and there's nothing. Um, um and also listen to bananas endlessly, obviously. Obviously. Um So yeah, those are four good games. Yeah. Um also eat a different snack every time you stop at a grocery store. Try something you've never tried before. Try like Pickled flavored sunflower seeds. Try blazing mm-hmm. hot Takis. Do whatever. And if you try a different thing every time, and if you don't like it, that's fine. Provide it to nature. Dump it out the window. That's fine. But it's uh, it's about the little micro games. So when I do my, I'll do 11 hours by myself all the time. And I really will, I'll reel it in every hour. And then I'll lean forward at every state line. And then I stop at every Vista and yell, look at that. Sometimes I also pee there. Double dipping and triple dipping. So like gas, pee, food. Amazing. Saves so much time. But yeah, treat every gas station and rest stop like it's a big deal. And try something different at every single one. And ask the clerk, is this good? Because you got to interact with these people. They are so bored out of their mind at these gas stations. And if they're like, I don't know, I don't eat that. Have a witty Walk retort on. ready. You got hours. <laughs> and uh, here we go, Scotty. We got a question now from Stevie Mecky. Great name. Love Stevie. So am I right in saying that cornhole is basically Maryland's third state sport? Obviously, <laughs> first is jousting and then lacrosse. Also, you played lacrosse, right? Anyway, yes, and I then did. cornhole. <laughs> That's just a question. That's just a question. I love it. Scotty, yes or no? The answer is it's fourth. Third is horse racing. Fourth is is cornhole. And also, we still call it cornhole. Other places call it bags or whatever. Also, bags? I hear college kids don't really even play that much cornhole anymore. No. They're all playing beer die, which is you throw two die in the air. It's a whole thing. YouTube it. It's super fun. Okay. Last time I was talking about beer die, I was explaining it to people our age, older millennials and Gen Xers, and they had never heard of it. But when I went up and visited UMass last time, nobody's playing beer pong anymore yeah. or flip cup. They're all playing beer die, and it is wild and fun. So if you don't know what the H I'm talking about and you want to blend in with the college kids, you know, go on YouTube, look up the rules of beer die. It's extremely fun. So yeah, I would go, the truth is, so the state sport of Maryland used to be jousting until like 10 years ago. I've never, which, I mean, lived in Baltimore for four years. I didn't see a single person jousting. 
I saw, yes, I was there for 18 years. I've literally never seen jousting, not even at like the state fair. They wouldn't even like dust off the old jousting rods. Wait, or whatever, I'm so confused. The Maryland thought that its state sport was jousting. The medieval sport of throwing a spear into another man on a horse. (laughs) That was their state sport? Yes, that was the state sport until it officially got changed to lacrosse, which makes so much much more sense. Because people bleed lacrosse there. But horse racing, because of the Preakness and Pimico, it's big. The Hunt Cup in Hunt Valley, there's tons of horse racing in Maryland. And then Cornhole. And... um, uh, you know, Cornhole's fine. It's on ESPN now, which makes me laugh. Their their yeah. sponsor is like Johnsonville Bratwurst or something, which could not be more perfect. It's great. Cornhole's my favorite. Fun. Oh, um, my favorite now. My favorite backyard sport has got to be ladder golf. That's the the my very favorite. And that's called something else too, right? They call it like caroms. Or, there's some others. Yeah, something. I know what you're talking about. That is really fun. It's like, and if you guys don't know what it is, it's like three. It's like a PVC piping kind of ladder with three rungs on it. And then you have uh, two golf balls with a string in between them. And then you kind of like swing it and try and wrap it around like top ones a certain amount of points, middle ones a certain amount of points, bottom ones a certain amount of points. Yeah, that is fun. And you know, kids are good at that too. It's fun to play with everybody. I gave my nephews that during the Great Quar and uh, yeah, ladder ball or whatever. Yeah ladder toss that stuff is so that's a fun one that is a good one also doesn't it kind of feel like you're in survival mode like yes you would be um like if you were in that tv show alone and you had that you're like i really need to eat that squirrel so i created a two rocks on a string and i'm yeah. gonna wrap it around its ankles the most I- the most improbable and worst way to catch a squirrel i've figured it out <laughs> instead I- of just throwing it. a giant a log. <laughs> log at it <laughs> boy i was thinking about that show because i just watched this season i just finished the newest season and i i think i i used to love the show but now that i've watched so many seasons of it i they're just killing too many animals for me what I, on I'm alone like, I, yeah. yeah, I've made the turn. I love when they catch fish. I don't even really mind when they shoot birds so much. But everything else, I'm like, I think I think I'm alone out. I think I'm You've team watched let too much live alone. for a game show. Yeah, <laughs> for a game show. For a game show where you guys are killing a lot of squirrels and rabbits, and it's just not for me. I I, I used to love it, but now it's just like, ah, like yeah. We've learned all the survival things that we need to know and also now we know it's the robots that are going to kill us not exactly anything else um we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back with more advice back scotty you ready for some more advice i love giving advice to banana animals it's banana advice you can send it to the bananas podcast at gmail.com or the bananas podcast leave a voicemail our voice message on our instagram this is from ethan brown Ooh, good name classic american name hi banana boys it's ethan here from uh from australia um i'm planning a trip up the east coast of the united states at the end of 2025 once i finish 
university and was wondering um, what places would be good to visit for a uh, for a first time visitor to some of the big cities down the east coast. I know you guys have collectively spent a lot of time mm-hmm. in New York City and Atlanta and Baltimore. And so, yeah, we'd just like some guidance on where to visit. So, yeah, thanks. Bye. All right. Thank you, Ethan. East Coast recommendations. Ethan, first of all, America welcomes you with open arms. Americans are very friendly. Even in New England, where they're all assholes, they're very, very friendly compared to the rest of the world. So don't be surprised if people ask where you're from. What accent is that? They'll they'll guess incorrectly. They'll ask South Africa. (laughs) Just just know that their intentions are to connect with you and to be nice. And Americans are really good at giving recommendations on the fly. So if you say... Where's the best pizza place in, let's say, New Haven, Connecticut, Kurt? They'll give you advice. So just you're welcome. Come on in. We all don't have guns. Um, you're very welcome to enter our borders. Look, we you, you, go, you, got, you got a couple of the big ones already. Atlanta, Baltimore, New York. You got to go. Um, I'm going to give you uh, my personal favorite place on the sure. East Coast. Uh, okay. Uh, a hometown called Asbury Park, New Jersey. Wow. Uh, go during the summer. Uh, in the wintertime, I would not recommend visiting. As a as an Australian, I love it there in the winter. Yeah, sure. Um, but it is an amazing town, small town on the on New Jersey coast. Has kind of a, a, a decaying feel on the boardwalk because there's mm-hmm. a casino from the 30s. It's just an abandoned shell and then a convention shit, hall yeah. that mm-hmm. was just like, uh, it really feels like uh, Asbury does not know what to do with its, its history. So it has neither been repaired <laughs> nor torn down. It just mm-hmm. kind of sits this crazy giant structure. Mm-hmm. And then music. Every single night of the week, free the music on the boardwalk. There? Stone Pony's there, but I mean, Stone Pony during the summer is just giant, huge concerts, right? And they're outdoor gotcha. concerts. I'm talking about like just little pop-up shows that are happening all all over the boardwalk, and there's always good free music. The the band, the local music scene is amazing. So go to Asbury Park, New Jersey. That's my that's my recommendation for you. Okay, so. The East Coast, obviously, it's a very long coast. Um, go to Washington, D.C. just because it's fascinating. And if you're not around, the museums alone, the Smithsonian's, the Air and Space, they're incredible. Okay, I'll give you a little one. If you're driving north, go to Guilford, Connecticut. Guilford, Connecticut has two things. Also, if the weather's nice, uh, if the weather's warm, especially go. One, there's a lake in Guilford that you can swim in. There's a lifeguard. It's beautiful. It's very old New England. You just park literally on the side of the road. There's a small beach, and you can swim in a lake in America where nothing will kill you. Uh, We don't have gators there. We don't have poisonous snakes there. Go to Guilford and swim in a lake. And also, if you want a very American experience, there's a place that I used to go to when I was in college and I'd do a little road tripping called the Guilford Lobster Pound, where you can get a steamed lobster. You can get lobster rolls. You can get seafood, and it's right near the bay. So that's a little town called Guilford, Connecticut. That is worth a stop on your way to Boston. If you're passing through Rhode Island, which is a very fun and nice place to go, they have a good aquarium in Rhode Island. 
Uh, but yeah, if you need a smaller stop along the way, try Guilford Lobster Pound uh, or Guilford Lake in Connecticut. And also there's a little town, I think it's in Rhode Island, called Old Saybrook. I once had an incredible Bloody Mary there. So go to Old Saybrook and sit in an old-timey <laughs> bar, look at the scrimshaw on the walls, and drink a real spicy Bloody Mary with a bunch of assless, chinless, red-faced <laughs> New Englanders. <laughs> and, and the Maine is beautiful. Maine. Bar Harbor, Maine, yes. and Acadia National Go to Park. Portland. I would say yes. Portland and the food in Portland, Maine will blow your socks off. Yeah, Maine it's is so wild good. and wonderful. If it's cold, you're going to be cold. But if it's fall, mm. go up to Acadia, go to Bar Harbor, go to Portland, and end your trip in Maine. You'll go, wow, America is very beautiful, and, and very all different. the men have beards and sweaters. And get ready for super salad, uh, Ethan. This was something I remember a story uh, from an Australian friend of mine who, when mm-hmm. she first visited America... And in small in smaller towns, when you go to like a diner, um, they'll you get a meal, and then it always and then the the person will ask you super salad, um, and uh, and then apparently that's not a thing in Australia. Oh, so I see. they they immediately it was her and her dad, and the woman was like, "Okay, you can have super salad." And she, they said yes because they want the super salad. That sounds fantastic. <laughs> How it's a super salad? Yeah, I want it. And then the woman's like, "Super salad," and they're like, "Yes, yes, we want it. We want it." Mm. And she's like, "Super salad." <laughs> right. They're saying, "Would you like a cup or bowl of soup, <laughs> or, or would you like a salad?" It's not and a then super they will salad. Ask you what kind of dressing do you want for your salad, and they will. Uh, it'll be. A house vinaigrette, ranch, sometimes Thousand Island, but always ranch, always Italian or vinaigrette are always going to be on the menu. And blue cheese. And blue, blue cheese, cheese is always and on. And Caesar, they'll they'll do it for you. You don't even have to order a Caesar. You can get a side Caesar. Yep. Um, yeah, you're going to have a great time. That's a nice... It depends on when you're coming. It's very cold in the winter, but if you're in the fall, it's the most beautiful part of the country in the fall. Sorry, Midwest. Uh, this is from Tracy Bardigan. Great. Love that Tracy Bardigan, a classic Australian name. Hey, Banana Boys. This is Tracy from Atlanta, Georgia. And I would love some advice on getting more dogs adopted. Uh, I'm a volunteer with Lifeline Animal Services, and we are overflowing with all these awesome pups and cats, I guess, you know, uh, who need to find homes and adopters and fosters. So if you have any advice for, like, catchy bios, events, um maybe photo shoots uh i would love to hear what you got because it's hard out here (laughs) so i appreciate any advice i can't wait to see y'all in atlanta soon and uh have a have a banana peel of the day i guess have a banana Um, peel of a day is a nice thing to say i like that that's a silly sign off we really like that for my first my first idea right off the bat is photo shoot it's uh it's 1915. Mm. The depression okay. has just started. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's soup line. There's a soup. There's a soup. <laughs> there's a bread line. Okay. Mm-hmm. We're dressing dogs up in old timey uh, 1915 clothes. We're putting them in positions where they're like waiting for bread and a line. They're they're making tomato ketchup soup out of hot water and and ketchup. Mm, like the jokes. Um, 
they uh yeah oh yeah it's or, dust bowl yeah you could do dust bowl you could do a um uh grapes of wrath kind of situation where like yeah. one dog like you have a puppy uh you know breastfeeding uh, or a rough. dog feed, breastfeeding a puppy on the side of the road in like a, a ditch you know with like a little dress on like let's think that way you know just be like mm-hmm. these dogs are desperate help them and what's nice is that the horrors of the depression are so far in the in our rearview mirror that now we can laugh at them. Okay, so you're in Atlanta, which is a big, big, big metropolis, huge city where Ethan Brown from Australia should definitely visit Atlanta. It's a great city. And yes, the Banana Boys are doing a show there at City Winery, and everybody should come on out. But maybe just outside of Atlanta, because anybody who's lived in Atlanta knows that surrounding it is this suburban, urban sprawl, Marietta and Roswell and all these places, Cobb. And my thing is, this is going to take a little bit of work, but not as much as you think, because Curdy B and I have done this in New Orleans. We've done it. I mean, splitting the city is this in a way. You need a dog parade is what I'm getting to. You need to get these dogs out on the street. You need to do a big event, find some sponsors. And even if you only walk these dogs two blocks, but you get a bunch of people lined up to watch them, people will see these dogs live and in person, and their hearts will implode. So my advice would be, dog parade make it as silly as possible get crazy local sponsors to come out and throw treats have like you know the dogs all dressed up in whatever thing yeah. you don't even have to build floats just parade these dogs for two or three blocks in front of families and then you get to see hey which dog is an absolute lunatic which one's great on the leash and not out of control just basically get eyeballs on these dogs in real life because it's like when you're looking at real estate on Zillow or Redfin. When you're looking at dogs on on websites, you go, yes, but will it bite my face off when I get down near it? If you see it parading by and it's just happy as hell, you're going to go, I want to adopt that dog. And just have somebody like Curdy B or somebody announcing the dog's names as they strut down Main Street yep. and go, ladies and gentlemen, this is Ranger. Ranger's a blah, blah, blah. His favorite thing are belly rubs. He loves laying in the one sliver of sun on your living room floor, and his favorite food is stealing meatloaf off the table. And people are going to be like, I'm adopt that dog. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, And then one in that parade, you have one mm. float. On that float is a cage. And then that one's called the Hannibal Lecter of Dogs. And it says, we dare yes. you to adopt this dog and yes. put the best dog you have, the most adorable, we- yes. most well-behaved dog in that cage. Uh, and then say, like, there's no way you could adopt this dog. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's that that dog is going to be the first to be adopted because people That's love a challenge. Right. They love a challenge. I mean, yes. Ask anybody in Los Angeles that's trying to date. People like a fixer-upper. <laughs> but... I think that's a great idea. You put your the sweetest dog you have, old, especially if it's an old gray muzzle beauty, yeah. put him up there, put her up there, walk him through town and be like, we defy you. And then, you know, have the people up on the float, the, the people like yourself who work there and just have uh, ex- bandages wrapped around your hands so comically large that they look like, I don't know, giant cotton swabs on your hands. But I think but a dog parade, dog parade, dog race that much. A dog, dog race because if you if you can't like get permits to have the parade somewhere, you just go to a park and then you have like the corgi races where all the dogs go and then they just run around and everybody loves it. Um, and yes. people show up to watch the dog race, uh, puppy races. And you go, you call Scotty, them. Kurt. 
That's going to take volunteers. Yes, it will. That will take volunteers. But if you put those volunteers in shirts that say, this could be you on the front and the back while they're walking their dogs, people are going to be like, that could be me. That's little Pekingese, that could be coming home in my Toyota RAV4 today. So yeah, a dog parade is my vote and put it out in the county somewhere where people will just fall in love with these dogs and won't be able to leave. And then at the end, you know, you just do a little meet and greet. You do a meet and greet with the dogs. You serve cake to the adults and and or cake to the kids. And you just convince, you, you show people what these dogs are like strutting down Main Street. And they won't be able to say no. They'll listen to their hearts. All right, here's our last one from Liz Walker. Boy, I love these. Keep sending your questions in and we'll give you the best bananas advice we can. Hey, hey. I would love you to weigh in on this problem I'm having at work. So I have a coworker, does the same job as me. Mm. For some reason, loves to ask me questions throughout the day. Kind of incessant, constantly chatting me on Gchat, asking, you know, what what quarter is this spreadsheet for? The worst. Uh, The quarter's in the title of the spreadsheet. He'll say, you know, like, when is this due? Due days in the email. Um... Things that he could easily find the answer to himself, but he just loves to ask me. And I've tried a lot of different things. I said, hey, I'm really busy. Hey, can you ask someone else? Nothing seems to work. What do you think I should do to get him to stop asking me questions? Stop answering. That's it. (laughs) You just simply stop answering and he will ask someone else. I would also say if you're able to, I don't know if you're in a committed relationship or this that, that dude is. I, my advice would be take them out and get them drunk. And when they're drunk, you go, ask me everything you've ever wanted to ask me and just see where it goes. Because I feel like this person just feels left out. I think that they're, I think their way of communicating is asking endless questions because they just don't know how to engage in oh, any other being, type of conversation. You're being so kind right now, Scotty. I think that this guy is treating women around him like his fucking mom. And just like, where's this? I can't find this. Help me find this. And not doing it for himself. So mm-hmm. I think that's, I think you are being very nice to him. And I think he can go fuck himself. Yeah. I mean, that is the worst. When people just, I, oh God, I've, we've, you and I have certainly had coworkers that are that way. And I've had people that I've given like script notes to, like strangers will be like, hey, will you do this? And then the number of follow up questions they ask, <laughs> I want to be like, I'm not going to write it for you. But yeah. yeah, now there's another way you could go in on this, mm-hmm. which would be create mystery in that person's office life through a series of misinformation, hide something that they have to deal with in their own way and never, ever admit that you did it. For example, buy a baby cactus, put it in a shoebox and leave it under their desk. Never tell them. They're going yeah. to find it eventually. They're going to go, what is this? And then there's just a baby cactus in there. And then when they ask you a question like that, you're going to be delighted because you were responsible for the baby cactus. You knew mm-hmm. it was coming. And all you have to say is, that is crazy. You should ask so-and-so. You should ask and just send them on a mission to figure out a little mystery in life that is harmless to them but will distract them enough for you to enjoy your coffee and send your emails in peace. That's a perfect. That's a perfect piece of advice. Thank you. Should we do one last one then? Yeah, this is so fun. I love bonus odes. Bonus odes rock my ass. This is from Katie Tricka. Hey, Kurt and Scotty. This is mm-hmm. Katie from Chicago. Um, I love your podcast, um, and I am asking for advice for me and my fiance. Uh, she does not 
like or listen to your podcast, but I will keep working on it. Um, <laughs> so fine. we are both women. We are getting married this fall um, and changing Woo-hoo. our last names completely versus taking one or the other. So we're going to have that. Um, what I'm hoping will be revolutionary in the gay community, a last name reveal party. Yes. Um, so looking for advice on what challenges we can give people at that party to get the letters of our new last name. Um, anything survivor themed is priority but I will accept any and all suggestions. Okay, thanks so much. Bye. This is the best. I love this It kind of so makes much. sense that somebody who really loves Survivor hates bananas. It's like, <laughs> it's, we're the opposite. Like, if you and I were on Survivor, we would be the silliest, probably worst contestants <laughs> that would skate through because people would be like, they are not a threat. They would be like, those two guys are sunburnt, and they're just talking about stuff nobody cares about and they're bad at all the activities and all the challenges and then we would bring I made a, a torch shir- that keeps lighting itself every time they put it out I'm like oops i made a shirt of sand <laughs> we're wearing our sand suits today like please god guys nobody wants to see that okay so i you I know love you this idea are anti-gender reveal parties overall because it's stupid and they're dumb and sometimes they start forest fires that kill tens of thousands of acres and gender is a construct and gender is a construct and let the kid decide who they are in life and all that fun stuff um but, but last name a last name for a nice lesbian couple that sounds really fun i love it i really love this idea okay so letter by letter they have to guess this is wild i love this so the last the what's the most important letter probably the first because you could probably get, without the first letter it's going to be so. I, what I'm saying is make the first letter in the last name the hardest letter to deduce mm-hmm. to find. The other ones, let's see, what's a really fun one? One right off the bat. Yeah. Just have a hint that is this is old school, but as soon as people park their car and are entering your property, driveway, hopscotch. Have a mystery in the hopscotch board. Simple st- sidewalk chalk will cost you 10 bucks for. It can do a really great job, but just get people hopping because if you see somebody do it and they figure out, yo, it's going to be M, the people that hop are the gamers. Those are the ones that are getting in there. They're not the voyeurs and they're not the ones that are over it. So right away, figure out who your all-stars are going to be with hopscotch as soon as they enter your property. I also would love, I think people would love a uh, letter easter egg hunt uh so get physical letters from like joanne fabrics or Mm -hmm. whatever uh and then hide them in the woods somewhere um i'm assuming there's woods i don't know why i'm assuming there's woods if not wherever you can hide them but make them but hide them in difficult to find places and so it's all the letters of the name and then all the letters once they're all found can be brought back and then it's like mix and match to figure out what it is that's really, I like that. I like an Easter egg hunt around the house too because adults, again, the ones that participate the hardest are going to be the best. So how about, I, I keep picturing something where you put the letter at the bottom of something that somebody needs to drink. Oh, or maybe or it's eat. a group thing. Or maybe it's like a big thing of crappy wine. What's that crappy jar wine that has like the ring at the top, the glass bottle, like oh, uh, something? Uh, yes, um, uh, something Rossi. 
Yes. Um, so get one of those, empty the wine out, put a letter in the bottom facing up, and then refill that bottle with red wine. And part of the task is everybody has to drain that bottle to see the one that's looking up at the bottom of it. Because then it's a group effort to drink horrible wine. I love that. That's, That's a great. fun one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a fun one. Easy. Um, what yeah. else? I, there, do you have a friend who has just way too many tattoos that gets any tattoo? Like mine's Pizza Zach. Pizza Zach has a million tattoos of everything, and that's one of the reasons I love Pizza Zach. If you have a friend that's willing to get anything, get a micro tattoo somewhere they're comfortable with, and then have magnifying glasses and they have to find one of the letters within the tattoos wow on your friend group's pizza's axe i love that that's really good i'd also kurt and i don't know how long of a last name yeah yeah is are it Gearhart? is it Gearhart? are you going with like uh or is it like a german is it sun s-u-n because that's really short and we just solved your whole thing but yeah if it's jacob jingleheimer schmidt then it's gonna be a long party <laughs> and then curdy b how much is it to get a skywriter to write the final letter in the sky at a certain time of day Oh, four thousand. I mean, it was four. Oof, it was four thousand dollars. That's too much. It was four thousand dollars ten years ago, so it's probably more expensive now. Uh, how much is it to get a guy that you know who needs some money to drive by at a certain time of day and just yell that letter as loud as he can without slowing down? Not much. Not much at 20 all. Twenty bucks. Yeah, twenty bucks. Or just get somebody with a drone to drop the letter into the party. Mm. You know. Drone is good. Drone should drop a letter for sure. But yeah, have a guy or a relative or, or and when I say guy or a gal, and have them drive by at a very specific time when you ask for a moment of silence. Say right at 5 p.m. <laughs> go, guys, for our wedding, we just want a moment of silence for all of us to appreciate this time together. When was the last time we all got together? So let's just do a quick 20 seconds. Let's hold hands and then have someone you know with a great voice just drive by and yell, W! And then everybody will laugh and laugh and laugh and you'll look like the bells of the ball. Um, and pretty th- good. Yeah, pretty good. Thank you for everybody who sent uh, all their advice questions in. Thank you, Scotty. Thank you to Lisa Maggot, our real human uh, intern. And, Full human, absolutely. And Katie Levine, our producer, and everyone at Exactly Right, including our benevolent overlords, Georgia and Karen. Who we haven't seen in a long time, and we should probably go get some Benihana with, too. Sounds good. Bananas. <laughs> Bananas is an Exactly Right Media production. Our producer and engineer is Katie Levine. The Catchy Bananas theme song was composed and performed by Kahan. Artwork for Bananas was designed by Travis Millard. And our benevolent overlords are the great Karen Kilgariff and Georgia Hardstark. And Lisa Maggot is our full human, not a robot intern. Bananas! Bananimals, follow Bananas on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you love what you hear, feel free to rate and review our little show. And of course, please visit exactlyrightstore.com to purchase Bananas merch.